0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Big Lez's League. Now, I thought that I'd do a bit of a rewind, a bit of a recap on 2021. uh, And what better way to do that than to go back to an old interview Andy Raymond I had Andy Raymond on the podcast a while back just when I was starting out when I was called all things rugby league obviously now I'm called Big Lezzers League but Andy Raymond if you don't know who Andy Raymond did is he was probably one of the best Fox Sports commentators of all time did NRL UFC and a bunch of other sports um and he's quite a renowned commentator now doing podcasting and in the podcasting game and doing a really good job at that so make sure you guys take a listen to this one um It was just such a great chat. There was a bunch of technical difficulties from what I can remember, but we had an awesome chat, and it was a great time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Walker
1: Walker away to Tarp, and then it's gone on to Gagai, and Dane's gone through. Walker's there supporting, and he puts it over the line for a final strike. A couple of plays of the game. The Panthers are going to be first after this. It's been ugly. They've been far from their best. Cleary straight through the it's come a long ball over the top. Katara the trick finish!
0: He loses
1: lead. It's rewind time. We've got Andy
0: Raymond on the podcast. How are you, mate?
1: Good legend, how are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. How have you been coping in lockdown?
1: Yeah, good. Um, mate, I'm based on the Sunshine Coast up here in uh, up here in Queensland. So the lockdowns haven't been as significant or as often as other parts of Australia. Uh, I've got a lot of family, a lot of loved ones in Sydney um, and my heart breaks for them every single day. Uh, What everyone's going through is just horrific. Um, But on a a personal level, it hasn't had uh, the huge impact here. However, every time I seem to go down to to visit mum in Sydney, uh, the joint goes into lockdown about three days later and I end up uh, doing a mad dash for the border. So uh, stay safe, everyone. Reach out to someone if you reckon they're doing it tough because it, it it is tough. But uh, mate, we're going okay up here.
0: Yeah, no, I went to Queensland just recently to go see my godmum and we only just got out a day before oh. um, Sydney went through lockdown, so that was it was hectic. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 not too good down here. But you know, it is what it is. I'm enjoying not being in school, so it's it's pretty good for my <laughs> end. Um, good stuff.
1: I hope you're doing your your homework and your classwork and, and not just focusing on the potty or what what are you telling your folks? You're telling your folks, Oh, don't worry. I've got everything sorted. The maths is fine. And the, the English is good. And all you're doing is watching old footy games and listening to podcasts. Yeah,
0: no, I wouldn't lie. That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, pretty much every day. Uh, I, I get the work done a bit, um, as best as I can, but yeah, all day on the, on the potty. Um, What's it like being a, what was it like being a sports commentator for a variety of sports
1: uh, awesome mate lived uh, live my dream if you had have asked me as a 15 or a 16 year old what do you want to do I would have said uh, commentate rugby league and, and commentate boxing and that was before Fox sports or cable television came in so there was one game of rugby league a week and, and there might have been the occasional Jeff Fennick or Jeff Harding fight on on Channel 9 or Channel 7. So uh, living the dream, mate, I, I love it. Um, I'm a sports, tragic for those few sports that I absolutely love, and I, I love my footy, uh, I love my cricket, uh, I love my boxing, uh, my mixed martial arts. Um, I will watch anything, mate. I'll, I'll watch, you know, the business end of a, an Australian Open or um uh, you know the U.S. Masters golf, but I, I'm just a, a sporting tragic and love it and love doing it over a number of years.
0: Yeah, no, that that, that sounds awesome. Uh, what was the best moment of your career and why?
1: Tell you one that might surprise you, um, and I th- I'll try and get my my dates right. I think it was 1998. 1990- Two and it was a Sunday that started with the Brisbane St. George Grand Final and I did, um, I was working at Channel 7 at the time for their Sports World and their Rugby League program of a Sunday morning and I went out to St. George Leagues Club and interviewed the then Prime Minister John Howard which for a young bloke is a, a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, And it was that night, I believe, that Sydney was awarded the 2000 Olympics. So I was also working, I was down at Circular Quay, just in that roving role where from a studio, the hosts throw out to someone and say, uh, what's the atmosphere like at at Circular Quay or what's the atmosphere like at, you know, Federation Square or or wherever you are. And I was at Circular Quay with about 2 million of my closest mates. And we honestly didn't think that Sydney was going to win the Olympics. And the joint, when they announced the winner of Sydney, just went crackers. It went off. And we ended up on air from something like 9 p.m. until 6.30 a.m., and there was still half a million people on a Monday morning um, in and around the Rocks and Circular Quay celebrating. So that was um, probably very different from the answer that you thought I, I may have give given. But that was uh, one that I'll, I'll never forget. The league games, they tend to blur into one another. Um, but there was one in... 2009, Parramatta, and I'm a tragic para fan against St. George Illawarra, and it was when Jared Hayne was on his run, and it was at Cogra, and I got to commentate that, and to be able to commentate your team in a semi-final, very, very cool.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's 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 awesome. That sounds pretty good. 1992, I don't think I was, I wasn't alive then. Uh, no, you weren't there. I wasn't there, but uh, there—that sounds uh, unreal. Uh, what was your favourite sport to commentate?
1: Oop, we've just had a break up there, Big Les. Can you go again, old mate?
0: Oh, uh, what was your favourite sport to commentate and why?
1: Um, most of my career has been rugby league and boxing, and they are so different. To commentate, it's crazy on, on television. Anyway, um, the boxing very laid back, very relaxed. Uh, a little more planning is required because there's only there's only two stories. There's only two fighters, but uh, you're able to allow the audio and the fighters to to really be the story because the cameras are so close, because the microphones are so close. If they're in a corner right next to the camera and there's a microphone there and you can hear the bang, the, the, the wind going out of them and the punches, there's often no need for a commentator, I don't believe, to explain, oh, that was a good right hand, a good left body shot shut up and watch and listen. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the boxing. With the rugby league, uh, because I'm, I'm the tragic, just being at the game gives me a buzz. And then, you know, putting the headphones on a couple of minutes before the game, again, a huge buzz. And I went by the mantra for years and years, and for as long as I can remember, and it may have been something my father told me back in the early days, But not everyone has a great week and not everyone has a great life. And whilst sport is important, it's the opportunity for most people in the community to turn off all the hassles in their life for 90 minutes a week and just watch their team. So my job, as I saw it, was to allow you and invite you to turn off all your hassles and just enjoy and relax and feel comfy, maybe have a laugh, watching your favorite team every week. So that's how that's how I approached it. Now, how I, I still approach anything that I that I do commentate. Uh, it's a privilege to be invited into the lounge rooms wherever I'm I'm invited to tell the story of the boxes or to tell the story of the footy players. Um, but it's, it's about taking your mind off everything else in, that you're in the world that you want to take your mind off and enjoying a, a sporting contest.
0: Yeah, no, I can, I can, uh, I can totally agree with you there. I, I love watching rugby league, probably one of my favorite sports ever. Um, yeah, it's probably why I started this podcast. Love watching yep. rugby league. Um, what was your favourite sport to watch when you were younger, and why?
1: Rugby league, hundred um, percent. My first memories, my first really vivid memories. Uh, Nineteen eighty-six Grand Final was my first Grand Final, uh, and it was Parramatta versus Canterbury. The Eels won four-two, and being an Eels tragic, I thought that was that was fabulous. We sat on the hill at the Sydney cricket ground, a bunch of us caught a train in at like three o'clock in the morning to get to the gates of the SCG at, um, uh, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock. That's before computerised ticketing or anything like that. And because it was a hill, what would happen there were these huge iron gates uh, that would open up to the hill at the SCG. And they would open huge iron gates and it was just a charge of thousands of people to try and get the best seats they could first because it was first in best dressed. And you grab your little bit of grass and put your blanket down and your esky next to it. Um, and I yeah, used to love watching it really different back then. There was uh, a game of the day on Saturday on the ABC at 3 o'clock and then there was... The Channel Ten game or Channel Seven game on Sundays, so you only got to see two games of footy every week. But I, I loved watching it even back then.
0: God, I'd struggle if there was only two games a week every week. Yeah, uh, right now I'd absolutely struggle.
1: Yeah, um, no, we got it this weekend. Unfortunately, back to the bad yeah. old days. Oh, I know, I know. I'm
0: spewing. Um, yeah, no, I'd love, I love what you're going to. Live games, just soaking up the the people around you, soaking up the game, the atmosphere. It's just, it's so good. It's it's so good to do. Um, what was your favourite NRL game or other sport? Took like, well, what was the match to commentate for any sport and why?
1: Oh, to you know, in a hypothetical world, if I can BS a little bit. I would have loved to have called a Parramatta versus Bulldogs game back in the in the mid '80s with Ray Price and Nick Cronin, Brett Kenny, Peter Sterling, Eric Groth against that that Bulldogs side. Uh, they used to be known as the Dogs of War, the forward pack, and they were so tough and so physical. Mentally, they'd beaten most sides before they even actually played them. So if I could go back in time to 1986 with a microphone or 1985, that would have been, that would have been it. Would have loved to have called Jeff Fenwick's, uh world title fights out here at the Sydney Entertainment Centre back in, in around that same era, back in the uh, early to mid 1980s when, when he was at his finest, um, you know, that they're just some unbelievable memories and moments, not only in Australian sporting history, but because we treat our sport so um, as, as such a priority. They're moments in Australian history, and, and it would have been awesome to be part be part of them.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, if you so this for rugby league, NRL, if you could bring back one player from the past and put them in any team. Who and what team?
1: Oh, I tell you, without giving it away, because on on my podcast over the off season, uh, I'm going to go through my dream team and I'm going to go through and do it position by position. And instead of just naming the side, explain why I'm naming it and, and go over career bios of some of these guys. Um, Brett Kenny, who was arguably and widely agreed that the best natural footballer that a lot of us old bastards have seen, he played 5'8 for Parramatta and almost played 5'8 exclusively, played a little bit of centre, maybe once for New South Wales, but certainly for the Kangaroos. Brett Kenny as a number six now or Brett Kenny as a number one now would be... Astonishing! Under these new rules, um, he he just belonged on a footy field. That <clears throat> he saw things that were happening two or three plays ahead, and then executed it perfectly. I mean, three try, uh, three lots of two tries in three successive grand finals. Uh, in the early 80s, um, a guy many feel, you know, deserves to be an immortal. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. Too, I'd love to see him in this modern game. Uh, he tear some defensive uh, structures. and to-
0: Hello, welcome to the All Things Rugby League podcast.
1: I'm your host, Big Les. Today I've got Andy
0: Raymond on the podcast. How are you, mate?
1: Good, legend. How are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How have you been coping
1: in lockdown? Yeah, good. Um, mate, I'm based on the Sunshine Coast up here in uh, up here in Queensland. So the lockdowns haven't been as significant or as often as other parts of Australia. Uh, I've got a lot of family, a lot of loved ones in Sydney. Um and my heart breaks for them every single day. Uh, What everyone's going through is just horrific. Um, But on a a personal level, it hasn't had uh, the huge impact here. However, every time I seem to go down to to visit mum in Sydney, uh, the joint goes into lockdown about three days later and I end up uh, doing a mad dash for the border. So uh, stay safe, everyone. Reach out to someone if you reckon they're doing it tough, because it, it it is tough. But uh, mate, we're going okay up here.
0: Yeah, no, I went to Queensland just recently to go see my godmum, and we only just got out a day before oh. um, Sydney went through lockdown, so that was it was hectic. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 not too good down here. But you know, it is what it is. I'm enjoying not being in school, so it's it's pretty good for my <laughs> end. Um, good stuff.
1: I hope you're doing your, your homework and your classwork and and not just focusing on the potty. Or yeah. what, what are you telling your folks? You're telling your folks, oh, don't worry, I've got everything sorted. The maths is fine and the, the English is good. And all you're doing is watching old footy games and listening to podcasts.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't lie. That's exactly what I'm doing um, pretty much every day. Uh, I, I get the work done a bit um, as best as I can. But yeah, all day on the, on the potty. Um, What's it like being a? What was it like being a sports commentator for a variety of sports?
1: Uh, awesome, mate. lived uh, live my dream. If you had have asked me, as a fifteen or a sixteen year old, what do you want to do? I would have said uh, commentate rugby league and, and commentate boxing, and that was before Fox Sports or cable television came in. So there was one game of rugby league a week, and, and there might have been the occasional Jeff Fennick or Jeff Harding fight on on Channel 9 or Channel 7. So uh, living the dream, mate, I, I love it. Um, I'm a sports, tragic for those few sports that I absolutely love, and I, I love my footy, uh, I love my cricket, uh, I love my boxing, uh, my mixed martial arts. Um, I will watch anything, mate. I'll, I'll watch, you know, the business end of a, an Australian Open or um uh, you know the U.S. Masters golf, but I, I'm just a, a sporting tragic and love it and love doing it over a number of years.
0: Yeah, no that that, that sounds awesome. Uh, what was the best moment of your career and why?
1: Tell you one that might surprise you, um, and I th- I'll try and get my my dates right. I think it was 1990. 1990- and it was a Sunday that started with the Brisbane St. George Grand Final and I did, um, I was working at Channel 7 at the time for their Sports World and their Rugby League program of a Sunday morning and I went out to St. George Leagues Club and interviewed the then Prime Minister John Howard which for a young bloke is a, a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, And it was that night, I believe, that Sydney was awarded the 2000 Olympics. So I was also working, I was down at Circular Quay, just in that roving role where from a studio, the hosts throw out to someone and say, uh, what's the atmosphere like at at Circular Quay or what's the atmosphere like at, you know, Federation Square or or wherever you are. And I was at Circular Quay with about 2 million of my closest mates. And we honestly didn't think that Sydney was going to win the Olympics. And the joint, when they announced the winner of Sydney, just went crackers. It went off. And we ended up on air from something like 9 p.m. until 6.30 a.m., and there was still half a million people on a Monday morning um, in and around the Rocks and Circular Keys celebrating. So that was um, probably very different from the answer that you thought I, I may have give given. But that was uh, one that I'll, I'll never forget. The league games, they tend to blur into one another. Um, but there was one in... 2009, Parramatta, and I'm a tragic para fan against St. George Illawarra, and it was when Jared Hayne was on his run, and it was at Cogra, and I got to commentate that, and to be able to commentate your team in a semi-final, very, very cool.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's that's
1: that's awesome. That sounds
0: pretty good. 1992, I don't think I was, I wasn't alive then. Uh no, you weren't there. I wasn't there, but uh, there—that's—that sounds uh, unreal. Uh, what was your favourite sport to commentate?
1: Oh, we've just had a break up there, Big Les. Can you go again, old mate?
0: Uh, what was your favourite sport to commentate and why?
1: Um, most of my career has been rugby league and boxing, and they are so different. To commentate, it's crazy on, on television. Anyway, um, the boxing very laid back, very relaxed. Uh, a little more planning is required because there's only there's only two stories. There's only two fighters, but uh, you're able to allow the audio and the fighters to, to really be the story because the cameras are so close because the microphones are so close. If they're in a corner right next to the camera and there's a microphone there and you can hear the bang, the the wind going out of them and the punches, there's often no need for a commentator. I don't believe to explain, Oh, that was a good right hand, a good left body shot shut up and watch and listen. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the boxing. With the Rugby League, uh, because I'm, I'm the tragic, just being at the game gives me a buzz. And then, you know, putting the headphones on a couple of minutes before the game, again, a huge buzz. And I went by the mantra for years and years, and for as long as I can remember, and it may have been something my father told me back in the early days, but not everyone has a great week and not everyone has a great life. And whilst sport is important, it's the opportunity for most people in the community to turn off all the hassles in their life for 90 minutes a week and just watch their team. So my job, as I saw it, was to allow you and invite you to turn off all your hassles and just enjoy and relax and feel comfy, maybe have a laugh watching your favourite team every week. So that's how that's how I approached it. Now I, I still approach anything that I that I do commentate. Uh, it's a privilege to be invited into the lounge rooms wherever I'm, I'm invited to tell the story of the boxes or to tell the story of the footy players. Um, but it's, it's about taking your mind off everything else that you're in the world that you want to take your mind off and enjoying a, a sporting contest.
0: Yeah, no, I can, I can, uh, I can totally agree with you there. I, I love watching rugby league, probably one of my favorite sports ever. Um, yeah. it's probably why I started this podcast. Love watching yep. rugby league. Um, what was your favourite sport to watch when you were younger, and why?
1: Rugby league, hundred um, percent. My first memories, my first really vivid memories. Uh, Nineteen eighty-six Grand Final was my first Grand Final, uh, and it was Parramatta versus Canterbury. The Eels won four-two, and being an Eels tragic, I thought that was that was fabulous. We sat on the hill at the Sydney Cricket Ground. A bunch of us caught a train in at like 3 o'clock in the morning to get to the gates of the SCG at, um, uh, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock. That's before computerised ticketing or anything like that. And because it was a hill, what would happen there was these huge iron gates uh, that would open up to the hill at the SCG and they would open huge iron gates and it was just a charge of thousands of people to try and get the best seats they could first because it was first in best dressed. And you'd grab your little bit of grass and put your blanket down and your esky next to it. Um, and I yeah, used to love watching it really different back then. There was uh, a game of the day on Saturday on the ABC at three o'clock. And then there was the Channel 10 game or Channel 7 game on Sunday. So you only got to see two games of footy every week, but I, I loved watching it even back then.
0: God, I'd struggle if there was only two games a week. Every week yeah. uh, right now, I, I'd absolutely struggle.
1: Um, no, we got it this weekend, unfortunately, back to the bad yeah. old days. Oh, I know, I know. I'm
0: spewing. Um, yeah, no, I would love, I'd love what you're going to live games just soaking up the the people around you soaking up the game the atmosphere it's just it's so good it's it's so good to do um what was your favorite NRL game or other sport to like well what was the match to commentate for any sport and why
1: oh to you know in a hypothetical world if i can BS a little bit I would have loved to have called a Parramatta versus Bulldogs game back in the in the mid '80s with Ray Price and Nick Cronin, Brett Kenny, Peter Sterling, Eric Groth against that that Bulldogs side. Uh, they used to be known as the Dogs of War, the forward pack, and they were so tough and so physical. Mentally, they'd beaten most sides before they even actually played them. So if I could go back in time to 1986 with a microphone or 1985, that would have been, that would have been it. Would have loved to have called Jeff Fenwick's, uh world title fights out here at the Sydney Entertainment Centre back in, in around that same era, back in the uh, early to mid 1980s when, when he was at his finest, um, you know, that they're just some unbelievable memories and moments, not only in Australian sporting history, but because we treat our sport so um, as, as such a priority. They're moments in Australian history, and, and it would have been awesome to be part, be part of them.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, if you so this for rugby league, NRL, if you could bring back one player from the past and put them in any team. Who and
1: what team? Oh, I tell you, without giving it away, because on, on my podcast over the off-season, uh, I'm going to go through my dream team, and I'm going to go through and do it position by position, and instead of just naming the side, explain why I'm naming it, and, and go over career bios of some of these guys. Um Brett Kenny, who was arguably and widely agreed that the best natural footballer that a lot of us old bastards have seen, he played 5'8 for Parramatta and almost played 5'8 exclusively, played a little bit of centre, maybe once for New South Wales, but certainly for the Kangaroos. Brett Kenny as a number six now, or Brett Kenny as a number one now, would be. Astonishing! Under these new rules, um, he he just belonged on a footy field. That <clears throat> he saw things that were happening two or three plays ahead, and then executed it perfectly. I mean, three try, uh, three lots of two tries in three successive grand finals. Uh, In the early '80s, um, a guy many feel you know deserves to be an immortal. He's he's a Hall of Famer. I'd love to see him in this modern game. Uh, He tear some defensive uh, structures to shreds, and he gives some defensive coaches absolute bloody nightmares.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be um, unreal. Uh, Obviously, not my era, but uh, yeah, I'd love to see that. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Um, who is your going to this season? Who is your MVP for this NRL season? Who's most valuable player?
1: Oh, geez, there's a few, isn't there? Um, really hard to, to discount Tom Travojevic, uh, and what he's done. And I, I've enjoyed every moment of it. Like I think we all have, he has been fabulous. Um, it's amazing how quickly pressure gets put on these blokes, though. And most of it, to be honest, isn't from the media. It's 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 from the fans. But I've seen online saying, you know, best fullback ever or best manly fullback ever. Um, Tom's had 15 fabulous games. And whilst we should cherish that and we should celebrate it and we should enjoy it, it's a long way to go, the way I see it, to, to be ranked up there as you know, the best club fullback or the best fullback ever. Uh, but he has just been so good this year, and he's, he's put a smile on everyone's faces, even if you're that light manly. And I know there's a lot of us that don't. You'll watch him and you go, oh, my God, You know, how did he do that? Um, so Tommy Travojevic would have to be up there. There's, there's a core group of, of Melbourne Storm players and I watch weekly a guy that I think is probably the most underrated footballer in the competition and that's Jesse Bromwich who just does his thing and excels every week and his metres, his bending of defensive lines and his quick play the balls allow for... Brandon, for Harry, for Jerome, Ryan, Nico, to do what they do. If they had just an average prop and not Jesse Bromwich, their opportunities would be limited. He's in a team full of superstars, Jesse Bromwich, where the focus is on other guys because they're flashy footballers, but he's the one that they need to be a flashy footballer. So, Jesse Bromwich is always pretty close to the top of my list. I reckon he's a beauty.
0: Yeah, I, I personally I don't really watch Jesse Bromwich, and I think I think I can totally agree with what you're saying. I, yeah. Now now just thinking about it, he do, he does put a lot of work in. Another yeah. guy that I'm thinking of front rower as well, Brisbane Broncos Payne Haas, the things that he oh, does for yeah. his footy side far out, it's just it's unbelievable, right?
1: Astonishing. Um in fact, yesterday I went down and attended and attended as a, as a footy fan, but also had a few duties as well in talking to sponsors and, um, and hosting the presentations, the Queensland Schoolboys Cup at Redcliffe. And Palm Beach, Corumban, Beats uh, and Greg's of Yapoon, 62-0. Palm Beach, Corumban, what a f- I'm still trying to figure out how good this football side is and where they rank amongst the great schoolboys side. They were absolutely outstanding. And it takes me back a couple of years watching a young Payne Haas and a young David Fafita do their thing at schoolboy level to see how Payne has progressed and how he has fit in and then started leading Is just awesome. Um, I think if we could combine both of our wishes there and put Jesse and Payne as as your front rowers, I think you're probably going all right.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Well, there was a clip that came out actually the other week, or I think it was a few months or so even, uh, of David Fafita in high school level when he when he was playing against the other kids. You should have seen the size of him. He was massive. probably nearly as big as he was today. It, he's just huge. Yeah,
1: yep. he, he, was, he was the man-child, David Fafita. He, uh, he, he was a giant back then and, and a fabulous schoolboy rugby league product who um, who's continued and, and gone on with it.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, uh, big question here. What is your grand final prediction for this year? Who wins and potential scoreline?
1: Even back to the start of the year, uh, I said Melbourne and Melbourne well. Uh, I've just got so much time for what they do, how they do it and how they do it under Craig Bellamy. Uh, And again, this year, you know, they lost another superstar of the game. And at the start of the year, most people said, oh, I don't know if they can do it. They've lost another one. They're getting old. And they just do what they do. And and they do what Melbourne does. And again, they had a bit of a lull for the final six to eight weeks of the competition where they weren't playing their best footy, but they were getting the job done. Uh, We saw what happened in week one of the finals. Back to their best, timing on point. Uh, So I think they'll make the GF. Hasn't Penrith's loss to South Sydney turned everything upside down on both sides of the draw now? Because logically, you know, I I would have thought uh, Melbourne and Penrith. I'm not sure who goes through on the other side of the draw. What is it? The the Roosters, the Eagles, and the Rabbitohs. Uh, A cracking game this weekend. It's going to be equally as competitive, whoever wins next week against South. Um, but I I think they're probably fighting for second place. So whoever does make that GF, they're probably fighting for second place.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm one of the biggest South fans you'll ever meet. So I was just head over heels when when South yeah. beat Penrith. It wasn't even it caught me a bit off guard a bit as well, just the form that Penrith have been in the past few weeks. And to do yeah. that against Nathan Cleary, I think that was Nathan Cleary's first loss of the season, which is Yeah, huge. it was.
1: Isn't that an amazing stat? Wow. Yeah, it,
0: it, just huge. Just huge.
1: Yeah. He's, he's he's had a great season, obviously, interrupted with injury, but uh, but Nathan had a, a great season too. should have included him a little earlier in our discussion.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I, I definitely put him up there with one of the MVPs of the competition He's just surprises me every week with the things he does. His kicks are perfect. He's just a superstar, Nathan Cleary, uh, and I, I definitely see him as an MVP of this competition. Who is your potential dark horse for the final series and why?
1: Uh, I'm a para fan, Les, so I've got to say hand on heart, the Mighty Eels, Um I was really impressed with what they did in week one of the finals, even though they only scraped by Newcastle. I thought it was a, a tough win and, and the Eels haven't shown a lot of tough wins this year. So it may just be exactly what they needed. Um, you can write up pretty much, I reckon, a four and against for every side. Uh, watch out for your bunnies, though. Watch out for your bunnies. I think there's a. I think there's enough there, mate. I really do.
0: Yeah, no, I'm praying for the bunnies right now. I think that they can totally do this. Just winning against Penrith really made a statement, um, especially in this final series. Yeah, uh, when Penrith were in the grand final last year, unfortunately, just losing to Melbourne. And look, I, def- I think we've de- South definitely have potential to beat Melbourne. I think you just got to score a lot of points early. I've said it in a few podcasts. I think that's just the way to do it. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right, mate. I, um, yeah. Geez, they they were good against against Penrith, uh, and I, and I think most people had, uh, had penciled in Manly and Penrith for two wins and a, a weekend off. So any upset was a great upset and um, nice little bunnies fans.
0: Yeah, totally. It's it's Wayne's world out there. Wayne Bennett's really uh, taken a hold of it, and and he's done a great job for South. Totally. Yeah, um, he has. If you could play for if you could play for any team at any time period, who, when, and why?
1: Throw me straight into the early '80s at Hooker for the Parramatta Eels. I apologise, Steve Edge. You may be the captain, but uh, you're getting the sack because I'm uh, I'm going to play to be able to pass the ball to Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny, That'll do me. That'd be my rugby league dream. (laughs) Totally.
0: If it was me, I'd probably play um, 5'8", currently for South. Uh, Sorry to Cody, who's been unreal, but I'd love to play with um, the likes of uh, Adam Reynolds and and all the boys there. That'd be fantastic. That'd really be my dream. Um, Yeah. If you were an NRL player...
1: What would your nickname be and why? Uh, Wow. What would my nickname be and why? Uh, That is a really good question. Um, Wow. They might call me potholes. You do anything to avoid me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but um, sure. Um, well, you've you've been calling mine out the whole podcast. I think Big Les is the go. I've been called Big Les all my life, so uh, yeah, Big Les would be my nickname. Uh, there you and, go. Yeah, and lastly, just to finish up, Clive Churchill medalist. Who have you got for this year?
1: Uh, Clive Churchill medalist. I'm gonna assume. I've, I've already said I think Melbourne will be there even though I hope Parramatta's there. I've already said Melbourne win it, even though I hope Parramatta wins it. Uh, So I will have to say a Melbourne player, a Clive Churchill, and I wrapped him earlier. So I'm going to continue with that. Jesse Bromwich is my surprise Clive Churchill medalist in a low scoring, tough game.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I can definitely see that happening. I think this year, um, Melbourne Storm do win it, and I think that's a really likely chance. I see Cameron Munster getting it. Yep. Just with all the things he's done this season, I think he's a, just a fantastic um, one to throw in there. Another one I'd throw in there as well would be Brandon Smith. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Just to think, just coming in at hooker, leaving Harry Grant on the bench—that's huge. Um, and I think that Brandon Smith yeah. is just a fantastic player. So I'd go Cameron Munster, and I would go Brandon Smith. Well, thanks for hopping on, mate. Really enjoyed the chat.
1: Really enjoyed uh, with you, Big Len, and uh, all things Rugby League going really well, mate, and I wish you all the best with it.
0: Well, that was it, guys. I really, really hope you enjoyed that chat. I loved talking to Andy Raymond. He's just such a smart guy when it comes to Rugby League. Uh, as I said before, renowned commentator from Fox Sports, and our bro UFC, you name it, he's done it. I want to thank again Andy Raymond for hopping on way back when, and um, it was a really big help getting Andy Raymond on the podcast, because it did get the listeners up, and people were interested in uh, listening to what Andy Raymond had to say, so really really thank Andy Raymond for hopping on. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I know I did. Thank you for choosing Big Lezzard's League and all a rugby league experience. If you want more reruns like this, let me know, and I will happily pull up some old interviews and old podcast to do a bit of a rerun for but as i said thank you for choosing big lizards league and all rugby league experience i recommend this podcast to a friend and i'll see you guys in the next one